in our lives. Uh, and so I want to start at Second Peter verse, Second uh, uh, Peter chapter one, verse five and eight. And uh, you can grab it on your phone; it'll be there on the screen as well. And it just says, verse five. This is Peter. Just be aware that Peter is the very, probably the one of the very first disciples of Jesus. And when Peter uh, wrote this, it was well on into his ministry now. And uh, in actual fact, they feel that it wasn't probably too many um, years afterwards that he was actually martyred. But he wrote this little letter, and, and he called it Second Peter. He, the reason he didn't say uh, to the, you know, to the um, Romans or to Macedonia or anybody else is because he wrote it to many, many different churches in the area of what they call, uh, which is modern-day Turkey, in that area on the, you know, the top side of the Mediterranean Sea. And so he wrote this, one Peter and two Peter. And two Peter is a pretty, uh, it's got some practical thoughts. So here we go. Uh, verse 5, but also for this very reason, Peter says, give all diligence, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control to self-control, perseverance to perseverance, godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness to brotherly kindness, love. Far out, it's just this list of things that Paul, uh, sorry, Peter uh, puts down. It's, it's that to-do list. You ever had a to-do list on your fridge? You know, or maybe the... Uh, grocery list you want to buy. That's like that in a sense, but certainly in different context here. Verse 8, we'll finish with verse 8. For if these things, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's a great thought. Paul, uh, Paul, just say it's not Paul, it's Peter. It's Peter. It's Peter. Peter is talking here and he's saying, you know what, I don't want you to be barren or unfruitful. You ever, you ever, you know, are we so thankful that we go to our shopping centers and you can pick your mandarins in, in, in uh, winter? You can pick your uh, plums in summer. You know, well, actually, they're a cold stone fruit as well. But, you know, all the time we have abundance of produce for us generally, except for all those who pinch all the toilet paper during COVID. But the reality is... Uh, aren't you thankful that the, uh, uh, you know, the fruit trees produce when they should, generally? It, it, it's not a good day when you get a bare fruit tree uh, and it just doesn't produce. Uh, and you know what Peter is saying? You know what? I don't want you to be that like that. I want you to be fruitful. I want life to be enjoyable. It doesn't mean that you won't have the struggles, but I want life to be peaceful. I want life to be joyful. I want you to thrive. Uh, and I think as the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have every opportunity to do that, uh, to be fruitful and thrive in life and in our families. Uh, so I know that we go through our times, uh, certainly test us, but I've discovered that even in the midst of that test, he can still thrive. So Peter, uh, as I said, one of the first disciples, and uh, he uses the word knowledge here. He says um, to know, to, um, he, uh, he says to add to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. Thirteen times in this little three-chapter letter, Peter mentions know or knowledge. Thirteen times. Why does he do that? Because he's talking about a practical application to living life. Do you know it, it's not knowledge? He's not talking about knowledge of just smarts. That's in intellect. You know, there's some pretty dumb intellects in the world, with all due respect, forgive me. Um, but you know what? It, it's wonderful when you have intellect and smarts as well as wisdom, applied wisdom. Who knows? Intellect and wisdom are two different things, aren't they? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's great to have smarts. It's great to be highly intelligent. Uh, but the reality is that we also need practical truths and knowledge and wisdom. And that's what Peter in this passage is talking to us about. And um, he mentions it. Mind you, when Peter was a disciple, he had foot and mouth disease, didn't he? 
He would speak when he should have just listened. He would act when he should have just paused. He'd done a lot of things not right. So I think now in the, in, the, in the twilight years of his ministry, he's writing these letters from this viewpoint of, you know what? I've been there and done that and done all the silly stuff and been careless. Uh, you know, but I tell you what, these are the things that will make you fruitful. So I love Peter's passion here, and I love what he's doing. And now notice it says, um, I'm just setting up this little series that I want to do with you. Notice it says, he says, starts with faith. He mentions faith, and he says, add to your faith. Um, and you know, when I saw that, I said, wait a minute, all I need is faith, isn't it? All I need is faith. Uh, but I started to think about it, and I, sa- and I thought, why not add to my faith? And, and as Peter says here, um, you know, you need all these other virtues, uh, virtues and self-control and perseverance. He said, you can add those to your faith. And I was considering the reality, you know, you take flour and water and um, massage it with your hands, and you get a thing called damper. Now, that'll feed you, but you take the same flour and water and add a little bit bicarbonate soda, and it'll make it rise, and you add a little bit of sugar and make it sweet, and you add a little bit of egg and a little bit of whatever milk, and it'll bind it together, and you get this wonderful thing called a cake. And, um, you know, uh, in reality, is it was, same, it was the same foundational ingredient. You just added to it, and it made it better. And, you know, interesting, but many times Jesus says to us, uh, you know, oh you, oh, you of little faith. And so we can have little faith and we can grow our faith and we can get stronger faith. And so I think I need to add some things to my faith because that's what Peter says, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge. And so I think I, 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 I don't mind damper, but I prefer to actually have the cake. I want to add, I want to grow my faith. And so today as we come around uh, what Peter said, now I want to jump off into the first wisdom truth is faith. I want to talk about faith just for a moment today. And what better passage of Scripture than, than, that I could talk about faith than the one where Jesus walked on water. I mean, he did it several times, but let's look at Matthew chapter 14. Okay, are you there this morning? Verse 22. Okay, let's read this. Uh, it's brilliant. Now we're going to look at this first wisdom truth. I've set it up for the next several weeks. Let's now uh, look at verse 22. Immediately, Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. Isn't it interesting? He would have known there's a storm coming, but he made them get in the boat anyway. <laughs> That's another message, isn't it? But you know, often we, God knows what we face, but he still asks you to do something because he wants, because he wants to do something in the boat. He wants to create some faith. Okay, immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat, go before him the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Miracle right there, hey. And when did bless you? And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. <laughs> and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Peter, Peter, notice who speaks up first. It was early in the ministry of Pe- as a disciple. Peter speaks up. You know, 
he's the, he's the one with all the answers, apparently. Lord, if it is you, command me to, to come to you on the water. And he said to him, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? The disciples in the boat were fearful in this situation. Um, you, know, you know, it was obviously, uh, it, it says they were a bit fearful because of what they saw. They thought Jesus was something else than what he really was. Uh, but there was other reasons uh, we see fear rose up in that boat. And we see, you know, I would have thought that when Jesus um, actually grabbed Peter, he would have uh, probably, he could have said this, he could, you know, when Peter had walked out of the water a bit already, and, and then he began to sink, of course, and Jesus grabbed him and kept him afloat. I, I, I would kind of think that maybe Jesus could have said, well, well done, Peter. You had a go. But he didn't. He corrected him. <laughs> he said, you know what? You have little faith. Oh, gee, Peter could have said, well, Jesus, you could have just given me credit for the couple meters I did walk on the water. It's not every day you do that. But I think Jesus was trying to instill something here that was far more important than just a slap on the back. It's not that Jesus didn't slap people in the back and, and say, well done. Of course he did. But the reality is he's teaching. He's trying to see. That. And all the disciples, you can appreciate, they're looking out at the side of the boat with big eyes. Everybody's learning something here. Uh, so, um, so we see that tells me uh, the truth is there was some fear in their hearts. And the opposite to fear is faith. Opposite to faith is fear. And we can face situations in life that makes us fearful. Uh, but you know what? Even though situations make us fearful, fearful is not a terrible thing to have. But you know what? Our response can be in faith. We can have the fear. But that's, good. That's, that's just an opportunity to say, well, God, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to let it grow in my life or am I going to let some faith grow? What am I going to add to my life? I'm going to add something more here. I'm going to let it build. I might have little faith now. It's not like Jesus um, you know, um, said that it was bad to have little faith. He just said, you've got little faith. That's why they were there in the start, you know. And so in fact, Jesus actually, his expectation is that our response will be different when we face the trial. Sometimes it's easy when it's the second time round, you're facing the same thing the second time round, and you've seen the first time it's happened that you've come through and you've built something. And then the second time, you've got to be careful. You don't just go on experience, but you go on what still believing by faith. Because sometimes we could discard our faith and say, oh, I know what to do. I do. I've, got, I've been here before. No, God asks us to have faith for Him. And uh, humans can do that, can't we? We can discard it. Oh, I've had this experience before. No, you know what? God can do different things in different storms in our lives, and he wants to build faith. And even when the wind and the waves don't die down, you can still have a response of faith and not fear. I love that. We can have a faith-filled, because faith-filled people have a hope. They, uh, they have a peace. They can have a joy. I'd rather live there than in the anxiety and worry of fear. I'd rather live in that realm of faith. And so let me speak to you today about some faith keys to walking on water, okay? Faith keys. And we're talking about the wisdom of faith, faith, wisdom, true faith. Because to walk on water has to be one of, uh, has to be a pretty good, I've never walked on water. I don't, I don't know if you have here, anybody has, come and see me later, and we will bow down and, no, we won't. Verse, 20, verse uh, 28 and 29 of what we read, 
It says, Peter answered him. This is the first uh, thought. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, um, come. That's all he said. <laughs> he said, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. The first faith key to walking water has got to be that you, you just need a word from God. You just need a word. You might say, oh, that sounds very spiritual. Uh, well, you know, folks, um, it's very practical, but very, but can be not that sp spiritual. It just needs, means that, you know, you've just got to spend that time actually in the word to get a word. Uh, I love that. The reality is you say, well, I just want to hear from you, God. God, give me direction. Well, uh, you know, God maybe would say this to you, just get in just get in the Word so I can give you a Word. I can't give it to you if you haven't already sometimes know about it. Um, uh, it's not that God can't speak apart from His Word, but He often uses, I think God all the time will speak something of His Word. It'll be maybe paraphrased or it may be different in, in its, not in its meaning, but in its context it may be, but it'll be something of truth to your heart. See, I think we've got to sometimes just say, God, I just... I just need a word. We can go through some risky things sometimes. We can face some risky decisions. We can face some big decisions. We can face some walking on water decisions. Can I encourage you? Don't step out of the boat necessarily until maybe you know that you know that you just by faith that God's given you direction and wisdom on this and the words. I just want to encourage us. You say, well, is we can stumble at that thought because, oh, how do I ever get a word from God? Well, we'll talk about that. But you know, I was this interested. I was reading a story about Dr. David Yongi Cho, who is the pastor of the biggest church in the world. He was. He's, I think he's now um, getting quite older in, uh, in South Korea. And in Seoul one day, there was torrential rain uh, came down upon the city. Day after day after day after day, flooded parts of the city of Seoul. And there was a couple, two young men, because Pastor Yongi Cho was a great man of faith. He wrote some great books, Fourth Dimension, a lot of great material. On faith, And so these young men, knowing that, they said, well, let's, if Jesus walked on water and said, and Peter walked on water, let's walk on water. And so they went to the edge of the flooded river and stepped out. And very sadly, they perished because they got taken away, just taken away by the torrent of water. And it was a very sad day for the community of believers. And you may ask the question, well, didn't they have faith? What was their problem? Didn't they have enough faith? No, they had faith. It's just that they didn't have a word from God. Because to do something that risky? I, I'd want to hear from God, wouldn't you? I'd want God to say, do it. Because God is a common sense God. <laughs> he knows. He, 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 I often find He wants to build our faith in steps. He won't take you to the 100 meters until He's first taking you the 10, the 20, the 30, the 40. He builds. He adds to. But He wants to build something bit by bit. Some days um, we need to understand it's important. We want to step out into something new or even do something that's not naturally possible. It's important, I believe, that God wants to give you wisdom and direction on that. He'll give you a word. That's why as Christians, you, can live by, you can't live by faith. You can't live by faith unless you spend time with God, folks. Time in His Word, because that's the time where He can actually speak to us and give us a word. So th there are times you can read the Bible and the Word comes alive and it just jumps out of the page. There's times when I read the Bible, I go, oh, that was good. Now, like every good meal, it'll feed you, but there's times when you'll read the Word and something just, boom, hits you. Wow, that's truth. Or there'll be times in life when you're facing the wind and the waves and, w and something you've read a year ago will be reminded and come back into your mind. You think, that's right now what God's reminding me. It'll be for that moment. 
so, but we've got to have it in there if it's going to come out. It's called a rima when you get a revelation truth to your heart. It's called a rima word. And that's a, that means it comes alive in your heart. Um, th- there was a time when God, I, there was a big decision I had to make. Well, I thought it was a big decision. I, and they tell me it's a big decision. And I still think it's a big decision, even though I've now passed that big decision. But the big decision, would you like to know? Um, the big decision was I thought, you know what? I'd like to get married one day. And for every young person who's not, that's, that's a big decision, isn't it? A life partner. It's not something to be sneezed at. It's not something to be glib about. It's something that you want to make the right choice on. Is that true? Okay, for all those who are married, said, amen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, I was uh, thinking about this decision and I thought, you know, um, sometimes they talk about writing a list. I had two things on my list. The person I marry, um, uh, three things, no, no, two things. The person I marry must know the Lord and be passionate about Him. That was my number one. And the second was, I, I must be attracted to them because the whole beautiful and pretty thing needs to come into it. Okay, would you agree? So the first one was very spiritual. The second one was very practical. And vice versa. Hopefully they found me attractive. Uh, so I asked, I was talking to God about that and asking Him uh, because I, you know, I just wanted to, uh, to find someone that would, you know, that would be compliment, and I could compliment them. And you know, on one night, uh, some of you heard this story. One night uh, from after church, after Sunday night church here at this church, I went with a whole bunch of young people to someone's unit where we had supper, and it was a Christian girl from this church, and she had another non-Christian girl uh, that was uh, uh, she was living with because they were do- both involved in the same job. They were dental therapists, and. And so um, she uh, was living with this girl until future days. And so, of course, this girl was a little bit shy. She stayed in a room during the supper time, but she had to come out for air sometime. Actually, I think it was a cup of tea or something. So she, and she, she came out of her room and walked across to the kitchen. I caught a glimpse of her. And um, with all genuineness and reality, God spoke. And now I realize God spoke to my heart. And he said these words. He says, that's the lady you can marry. That's a lady you can marry. I like the way he God put it, and, and he was quoting, he was kind of inferring Proverbs 8.22, where it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I think when women also find a man, they can find a husband. Who find Notice it's a wife. It's not just someone. It's a wife you want to be committed to, that the Bible says in Proverbs 8.18.22. And when I looked at it, I thought, I love the way God put it. He says, that's a, a, a lady you, you can marry. In other words, there's probably many ladies in the world that I can marry, but there's one that I'm kind of showing you now. And straight away, I said that this first thought, uh, and the second thought was this, I can't do that. Uh, I, God, if that's from you, I can't do that. Couldn't be from you. At first, I, I, I just dismissed it because she wasn't a believer in the Lord Jesus. And as much as I was attracted to her, I said, no, that's not no go. And it wasn't until several months later that she walked into this church and she gave her heart to the Lord and became passionate for God that I thought, this, that might have been God's word for me. And I left her alone for seven months because I thought, I just want to see if she's really going to stick this thing and go on with God. And, and then seven months uh, later, I kind of, we got friendly and she was interested and, and, uh, and um, you know, and from there, two years later, we got married, and 34 years later, we're still here, which is good. You know, the interesting, yeah, the interesting thing is, well, give her a hand. She's had to put up with me. Um, come on. I'm <laughs> Some of you are more enthusiastic about that than others. 
What's that? Single ones are more enthusiastic. Do, do you know in Scripture, just, just relax. Do, do you know in Scripture, you guys, it, got, it says God brought Eve to Adam? Just a hint. So it's not that you don't look. It's just that let God, don't you go running after one. Don't go, go, go every, after every lady flicks her eyelashes at you. Let God bring her. Anyway, we're talking about faith. Back on the target. Come on. So I'm having a, so I, I, it's a big decision. So, you know, I'm just so grateful. And you know, the incredibly uh, wonderful thing about our relationship is, is now I look back and reflect and say, Father, thank you for speaking to my heart because that thought was completely left field that day. I was not even, I wasn't looking, even though I was looking, I was not necessarily that night or that week saying, I'm going to find the wife of my life. I wasn't doing that. But God, in the most wonderful way, interrupted my train of thought and said, being, and it was encouraging. And it, and it, 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 it initially came from His Word, doesn't it? He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And the wonderful thing is, as Michelle and I go on in life, there's times when, you know, as, as partners, as husband or wife, you might differ, have a different opinion. And, you know, maybe th- two or three times we've had a different opinion over our marriage. Um, you might say only two or three times. Now, I'm just exaggerating to make a marriage look really good. Um, but the reality is, I, it's not like I say, well, it's my way or the highway. See you later. <laughs> no, no, no. I say, you know what, God? This beautiful lady is mine and I am hers. And, uh, and I know that because she gave me encouraging thoughts and words back then. And so uh, it, it's good. Just suck it up, James, and say sorry. You know, so that's what is so powerful. When by faith, you walk through. You say, do you need faith for a relationship? Yeah, I think so. You know, because, you know, it's a big decision. It's like walking on water. Make sure that, you, and, and you know, as time goes on, sometimes you get to 18 and 19 and you think you're left on the shelf. That's not the case, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> not the case. Just hang in there. You know what? God has got it. Trust it. Is that a wave? Is it giving back right back there? Those guys are agreeing with me right at the back rows. So how about we go to the second? Where are we up to? Oh, look at the time. Far out time flies when you're having fun. Um, the second faith key to walking on water is this. If the first one is, is a God, you need a word. The second faith key to walking on water is faith determined by what you look at. Here, here, by what you look at. See, in verse 30, it says, when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. But I want to bring to your attention the fact is, before he saw the wind and the waves, he had to do something else. Peter had to do something else. He had to look away from his faith source. He had to stop looking at Jesus. As long as he looked, excuse me, as long as he looked at Jesus, he walked on water. When he all of a sudden stopped looking, before he saw the wind and the waves, he had to be distracted. I want to say what you look at will determine your faith levels. What you look at. Fear is not so much because we look at the problem as much as we stop looking at the source of faith. As we stop looking at our possibilities. We look away. Before we ever see the problem, we look away. We start to get just a bit distracted. And you know what? Peter looked at the wind. You know, he looked at the wind and waves, but first he turned his head away. He should have never turned his head away. Um, because his faith got stolen from him, and he began to sink. 
it manifested naturally, he began to sink. Isn't it interesting? When he lost the faith, when he lost the word that Jesus initially gave him, when he lost that word of come, he started to sink. When you lose hold of God's truth in your heart, you can start to sink. You've got to remember the truth he's already spoken to you. Remember what he said. I'm coming through. I'm going over. Uh, that If he's spoken that, that's what you need to hang on to. Don't look away. Don't flinch. Don't look away. Are you looking at the problems or the possibilities? I was in a traffic jam. I was in a traffic jam going to Brisbane. Uh, sorry, in Brisbane, going to the airport. I was traveling along what's called um, Kingswood Smith Drive. Some of us might know it. It's along the side of the Brisbane River there. And uh, about 15 years ago, because it was quite a while ago, and I had to catch a, a domestic airport flight back to Gladstone. And as I'm, uh, I, I came over, you know, um, uh, over Breakfast Creek there, get into Kings of Smith Drive, bang, hit a traffic jam. Kilometre long traffic jam, and I knew uh, ahead of me somewhere was to turn left to get onto the major uh, highway to get to the airport. And I'm, uh, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm worried about it, and I'm concerned about it, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. And you know, all this anxiety is starting to build up, and so much so that I missed the turn to the left. Oh, how stupid was that? And I go past, and I realized about two seconds after I missed the turn that I'd, I've gone past the turn. What do they do that for? So anxious. See, fear and doubt and anxiety often make you do silly stuff. So anyway, I go past the turn and I go, oh, well, I've got to turn around. So I go back up, find a break in the medium strip, turn around, come back the other way. Bang, hit all the traffic coming back. And I'm s- driving, I, I, I'm crawling along. I've got another, you know, 200 meters till the turn to go now right because I'm coming back the other way. I've got to go right. I looked at the medium strip and it's pretty bare, but popping up out of the medium strip was this one little daisy. And you might, what was the significance of that? Well, as soon as I saw the daisy, the Word of God, without a, without a, a lie to you this morning, the Word of God hit me in Matthew 6, 27. In paraphrased, what that says, Jesus was speaking. He says, can all your worries in a single moment to your life, can, so can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So why do you worry? Consider the flowers of the field. If God could look after the flowers, why couldn't he look after you? Oh, you of little faith. Now, I didn't quote that in my heart, but I knew the context. I didn't even know the chapter and verse, but I knew the context of what God was saying to me. If he can look after a little daisy in a barren area, can't he look after you right now? It may seem insignificant, but isn't it wonderful how God reveals himself to you in some of the most insignificant ways? And in a trip to the airport, God introduced an incredible element and added to my faith that day. I thought, God, can you really, are you really speaking to me here? Can you really get to me to the airport? Because you know, Lord, I'm running out of time. And I've got to park the car, and I've got to get over to the airport, and I've got to put the baggage in. And, you know, it just, every time, I, I, as I'm driving along, and I'm thinking about, there's too many cars, I'm not going to make it. Fear would try and um, consume my heart. And every time I thought of that little flower, because now I'd passed the flower, faith would rise up. And, you know, God just gave me that little word. Did I make it to the airport? I certainly did. You know, I was even at, had about five minutes to sit down and relax and breathe and just praise God before I hopped on the air- airplane. I just want to say God wants to give you a word because he loves and cares for you in the simplest of situations. And we're going to finish with this. Jesus said the third thing, um, the third thing. So the first thing was, uh, you know, he wants to give you a word. The second thing, what was the second thing? We better make sure that you get that. Um, What was it? What I look at, 
I'm glad you remember that. And the third thing in verse 29, um, Jesus said, as we've already read, Jesus said, come. Here it is. Watch this. Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come and join you on the water. Jesus says, I'll give you a, I'll give you a word, one word, come. If that was me in a storm, in a boat, I would have said, how? <laughs> is, is there a sandbar out here somewhere? Are you, are you on a sandbar, Jesus? Have, or have you got a couple dolphins that I could just, you know, oh, I don't know. What do you, what, how's that going to happen? Can you give me some confirmation on that? You know, God's, God doesn't mind confirming some stuff sometimes. But often when you're in the midst of the storm, he just gives you the slightest details. And then he says, trust. Just trust me. He doesn't give you a lot of details sometimes. You know, and I probably would have been thinking, oh, I'd like more. I just want more words. Kind of, How's this going to end? What's the end result, God? What's it going to look like at the end of this situation through this storm? But Jesus does nothing of that. He just says, come. Mind you, come to the Savior of the world. Come to the Son of God. Come to the man of miracles. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good. Uh, person to come to. So some, sometimes you just need to get, here's my point. Third point is you just need to get going. You just need to get going because as you get going, when you have the word, you'll find that all the rest will unfold, but it'll only unfold as you continue to move forward, as you continue to go forward. Uh, sometimes when we, uh, in life, we, we think just one word, that's not enough. I'm not going to, you get paralyzed. Don't get paralyzed by fear, but just stand on the, by faith on that which has been given to you. It's amazing what God can do. Augustine, an early church father of the faith, said this, understanding is the reward of faith. Okay. What does that mean? Well, it means this. It doesn't always make sense straight away, but it will later on. Understanding is the reward of faith. So you step out in faith and you understand, oh, this is what God's doing for that moment. And then as you're wondering where to step next, another maybe stepping stone pops up. Oh, I'll take that step. And you don't know where to step next, but you just trust him for the next step. And it's amazing. Sometimes you've actually got to put your foot out before the stone appears. Trust him. Get going. When I was 20 years of age, God very clearly gave me a word through a visiting ministry. There was a godly a preacher, godly men, love God. And we were on an altar call in our church. It was in another building when the church was um, uh, smaller. And all of us are at the front, and I'm out there. And s- uh, there'd be one or two people who might be Bruce and Diane. Were you there in those days? I don't Joe Kosselnick. Pam was there. Rod was there. Joe Kosselnick. Remember the American guy? Did he ever give you a word back home? Oh, sorry. <laughs> he, was, he was incredible, a prophecy. I'm standing there about three people deep. He had to lean over other people and he gave me he gave me three more words than Jesus gave Peter. So I've got I can't complain, but it was just three words. And it was you will preach. And I went, Oh, that's nice. Any more information? I didn't say that to him, but I was thinking it. He just walked on. It wasn't he didn't even give me any, you know, anything significant. He just went, You'll preach. Um, man. I thought that well, I thank you, God. Is that a word? Is that a word? Is it? What's the What's the answer? What's the Where's it going to end? How's it going to start? What are you going to do in my life, God? How's it going to? I'm only 19. That sounds like a song. Um, 
I think it was 17. I was only 17. I went to the war. Is that the one, Mel? 19. Okay. I was only, there you go. And, and, and as I started to realize, it's interesting because here after that, I got an opportunity to preach. And uh, it was at Mount Larkham, a little church out there. And I went out there. And because I didn't know as much as I do today, I thought, I'll just, oh, what can I preach? So I just gave them everything I knew, which is like three thoughts. And I just went for an hour and 15. They were very gracious that day to me. Hour and 15 minutes later, they all smiled and went home straight away. Never asked me back again. But, you know, that's okay. I thought, you know, I delivered what I thought was I needed to deliver. The fact that some of them fell asleep, that's okay. Um, you know, that's a reality. Uh, but you know what, and I kind of thought, well, God, you gave me a word, but I'm not quite sure if I'm really cut out for it. I don't know if this is really, was that really you? Uh, it's amazing. Um, someone asked me to be the youth pastor one year. It wasn't just like that. It developed. And it's amazing. Then I started to develop something and I started to build something in my life. It's amazing that I kind of felt like I never was going to be because, you know, I was a pretty shy person as a young man. But, you know, God took me out of that. He baptized me in the Holy Spirit, filled me with His presence. And you know what? Things started to happen and develop in my life. It was amazing what God can do. But you know what? I just had to get going. I just had to take the next step. And as I did the next step, it unfolded. I want to tell you, God wants to unfold the plan, but He won't always give you the big plan. He won't always give you the big picture. But I love it. You just got to keep get going. And maybe there's someone here today that just needs to get going because God's given you the truth and the Word. You know, when I was um, about six or seven years into the youth ministry in our, in our church here, I said to God, I, I, just what's the next step? I just need the big next step. What are you going to do with me next? What, I was married, two children, went to Caloundra for holidays. I went to church on a Sunday morning because, you know, I wanted to go to church. Michelle and I wanted to go to church. And we went to the Caloundra AOG up on the hill there. And, um, and, I, said, and I said to God, I'm going to do you a deal, God. Um. I'm kind of wondering what my next step is. What do you got after? What's the big thing after youth ministry? You know, <laughs> uh, and uh, there's a bit of ego involved in that. I realise now. And uh, I said, God, tell the pastor to point me out and give me a word at this Calandra Church. He doesn't know me. I'll really know it's you if if I go into this church. No one knows me, and you'll give me a word. So I went to church. The worship happened. The pastor stood up and he says, "I have a word." I said, "That's me." Everything within me, I had to restrain from jumping up and going, hey, it's me, it's me, just give it to me, come on. And then he said, I have a word for someone this morning. And this is the word, I'm like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> Next phase of my whole life. And he said, God would say to you, you don't need a word. I'm like, what kind of word is that? <laughs> you don't need a word. And, and, and indirectly, God gave me a word because the word was, you don't need a word. Just keep doing what you're doing until I give you another word. And stop looking for the next rainbow and pot of gold and just keep on doing what you're doing faithfully because God's got it. And if there's anything else comes up, He will show you in the right time. There's someone here today that says, oh, I just need something right now. But you know what God says? Just keep on, keep on, unless there's a new one. And we've got the team going to come right now. faith, hey? You want to step out of the boat? I think some of you, can I say with all due respect and love for you that some of you have had a boat and you've been in the boat and you were asked to step out, but you didn't, but God wants you to. 
and he doesn't give up on you. He's the God of the second, third, fourth, fifth chance. I love what God is like. And maybe he's speaking something to your heart today. Maybe there's something that is renewing some fire, some revival in there and saying, you know what, I just need to get back to where God had me before. Stirring me about my faith. Spend time with God in His Word and you can get a word that jumps off the page. And there's times when sometimes you're not even aware of it or not wanting something, God will speak to you that word that you read a year ago or a month ago or even two days ago. Secondly, keep your focus on the source of your faith and not on the storm on the possibilities, not on the problems. And He unfolds the plan as you get going. He unfolds the plan as you're in obedience to Him. Can we stand this morning as we close? I want to pray for you today. Holy Spirit's here. He wants to minister to people's hearts and lives. He wants to share with you and encourage you, inspire you, speak to your heart. Maybe today God has spoken to you, speaking something to your heart today. You know what, sometimes we just need to do a faith step and say, yeah, that's me. I just need to be obedient to something. Maybe it's really bland thing, like maybe you've got to be obedient and do something by faith and write a letter to that person that you, in your family that you've kind of been cut off from for a whole, you know, several years. And you just need to write a, a letter and say, I just want you to know I, I'm thinking of you and praying for you and appreciate you. I don't know what it takes. I don't know what it might be. It might be today that you just need that person at work. You just need, you keep on avoiding because they're just not nice people. They're grumpy or whatever. You need to just go up to them and spend a bit of time and say, what's your story? Step out in faith. Step out of your comfort zone. I don't know what it might be. Maybe there's something God's calling you to, just a little thing. Maybe He's calling you. You know what? And God would just be saying to you, you know, you need to be in a place where you just draw closer to me. Maybe today you just need to make a response to him and say, God, I'm just going to give you my time each day. I'm going to give you the first bit of my day or whatever it is just to hear your voice. I'm not sure, but I tell you what, God wants to speak. I just think sometimes I'm not listening. We're not listening. So if you're here today and just want to respond to him, could you just raise your hand if it's any of those categories, anything that you decide, Father, more of you, more of your wisdom. I just want you to be honest with him. Father, today, I thank you for every precious person with their hand raised. And I thank you that you're a God who loves us dearly. You don't not love us just because you say, oh, you're a little faith doesn't mean you don't care. It's just that, God, did you want us to grow and be added to? And so, Father, I thank you for these precious lives today. And I ask your blessing and help upon them to step out into that which you have for them. God, whatever it may take, whatever it would be, it's going to be sometimes a water experience where it seems impossible naturally, but Lord, help them to take that step. I commit them to you, Holy Spirit. You make it possible, your presence and your word in our hearts, and I commit them to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for every person today. Help us to be people that would be people of your truth and word. Help us to understand, receive it. Help us not just to read it like a novel, but to know your word. Father God, as we read it with a heart to learn, a heart to listen, a heart to see what you're saying to us. Father, we commit ourselves to you this week. Lord, we need more of you in our lives. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, come on, come on. How about we just, everyone agreed, said what? Amen. I think God wants to stir your faith today. Come on, one more time we're going to worship. Thanks, Andrew and team. Thanks, guys.
You've seen what you can do. The God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure you will do again. Because there's no prison wall you cannot be through. No mountain you can move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise. No soul that you can't save. All things are possible. In the darkest night you Light it up, you can light it up. Oh God, I'll revival. Let hope arise. Death is overcome. You've already won. Oh God, I'll revival. You rose in victory. Trust in you, Lord. Come on, let's trust him. Yes, Lord. No prison, wall you can't break through. No mountain you can't move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise. No soul that you can't save. All things are possible. Father, we thank you that you're a God of revival and I'm well aware that you revived me first because sometimes I can think of all the people out there that need reviving. But Lord, I, I can just today realize it's me. Revive my heart. Lord, help me to look away this week when things just want to distract. Help me to keep moving forward. Help me, Lord, to be in your truth, to know what you're speaking to my heart. We need you today in Jesus' name.
Have a great day, church. Please, would you hang around and share your story with someone else today? That'd be great. Have a cup of tea, grab a bicky. We'd love you to be a part. Thank you.